ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast. It's season three, it's episode 36. My name is Luke Hatfield, and for some reason I'm recording at 13 minutes past six in the evening with none other than Mr. Joe Massey. Joe, how are you doing? Um, very well, mate. You're in the future for me. I'm at 11 minutes past six. Oh, I'll tell you what. I mean, this. hopefully then I can I can start placing some bets for you. That's it, mate. <laughs> hopefully you can be a lot better at your predictions than I am. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not like three days in the future. That would be handy. That would be brilliant. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Uh, do you want to explain to the masses why we're recording at such a late hour? Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, the real reason is that, uh, that uh, Slavon Bilic held a press conference at 2pm today. Um, mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a little bit better to um, re- do a tw- for me to do a 12-8 shift um, just because... I thought it'd be better if we could speak about that press conference, really, and just what Slavin had to say. We haven't, I haven't spoken to him since Friday, um, mm. which obviously we all know what happened on Friday. And it's quite a long time um, with everything that's happened since, um, with the Stoke game, of course. So, yeah, I texted you. Didn't I, when did I text you? Uh, what was it, yesterday? Um, and just said, can you change your shift? And you being the absolute trooper that you are said... Basically, you'll do a podcast whenever, wherever. Yeah. Because you love me the baggies. Because you love the baggies. So here we are. Uh, I'm only at 12 minutes past six now, so I'm still behind you. Um, <laughs> and we're going for it, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, it's not because I love the baggies, it's because I love my job and I love covering the baggies. Um, you tell yourself whatever you need to, pal. I will do, mate. I will do just that. Um, but, I mean,. Normally we have some banter here, and we stretch this out, this out fifteen minutes or so. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say one sentence. Uh, the championship is absolutely bloody bonkers, isn't it? I don't know what all the fuss is about, mate. To be honest, um, anyone who's listened to this podcast will know I told everyone time and time and time again that Brentford were not going to win all ten games. <laughs> I just think there's been a massive overreaction, mate. <laughs> 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 oh mate, honestly, after fr- after Friday, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like Saturday came and I was like, nah, they're gonna Brentford are gonna have like literally their tails up here. They've finally got an opportunity to peg peg in that second spot, just get into second place and, and remove Albion unceremoniously. And I mean. The occasion definitely got to Albion on Friday, but did it get to Brentford as well? They just could not. I mean, the one time, you know, a mass, a massive run of wins, and they go and bottle it against Stoke. Um, I mean, it's been absolutely incredible, hasn't it? I mean, I can't. I'm joking now, but I mean, anyone who saw my video on Friday could see how devastated I was. I was devastated. Someone tweeted me. I can't remember who it was, saying they're worried they were going to find me floating in a river somewhere. Um, <laughs> and it was, it, it was, it was absolutely awful. It was gut wrenching. Um, I tweeted it was a painful result. It was. It was just, I think everyone could feel it in the pit of their stomach. Um, it was heartbreaking. Um, it's been since September. Albion have been in the top two. Since, essentially since September, they've had promotion in their own hands. And then to watch it evaporate um, with a whimper, it has to be said, um, without putting up a fight um, at Huddersfield was absolutely heartbreaking. But, then effectively, Brentford did ex- exactly the same thing. And I think we've all learned a little bit of a lesson, really, just how hard it is um, to win games of football when you're under so much pressure. And 
It's one thing Bilic said today. Um, he said, he, I mean, Bilic is a football nut. He knows absolutely what's going on in basically every league across Europe. Mm. Um, and he was saying, look at Bundesliga 2, look at Turkey, look at Italy. All these teams who are on the cusp of winning something um, or achieving something, they're, they're, fa they're, they're faltering. Um, they're faltering at the f at like, all, at as good as the final hurdle, if you like. Um, it's so true. And you've got to think, like, look, we were all devastated. There's been an awful lot said and written, um, particularly on social media. But what I think we've got to remember now is that Brent, that Albion have been in that position for absolutely the entire season. Promotion's been in their hands for, for a long, 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 long time. Mm. We've been saying things like it's Albion's to lose. Like they've, they've, well, it's, they've got to get out from here really now. If they don't, it's, it is Albion's to lose basically. And the first time, the first time it was in Brentford's hands, they let it slip through. Um, I think Albion probably deserve a lot of credit actually um, for, for leading and continue to lead as long as they did and then the one chance Brentford had to snatch that initiative away they put in a, a performance that wasn't too dissimilar to what Albion put in at Huddersfield I mean I've got to be honest so Slavin Bilic never he says he never we, he gets asked every now and again are you going to watch games like certain games um that affect basic games that affect Albion, and he always says no. He always says that basically they mean too much to him. He can't, he can't watch them. But he always follows the score on his phone. Like the Huddersfield one, for example, he was asked before Huddersfield um, after the Fulham game, mm. um, and he said he was. I can't remember what game it was after. It must have been Brentford again. But he said he wouldn't watch it. He'd be following the score on his phone. Uh, but he did watch Stoke. He did watch Stoke Brentford. Um, and I said to my wife when I was driving back, I said we. we, we We've got to watch that game tomorrow. Like we've, we've got to watch it. It's just too important um, to be following it on a phone. You need to. It's horrible following games on a phone, isn't it? Oh, it's. It, I was. Funnily enough, I was doing that on Saturday, so I was out, um, and I, I did it on purpose because I, I put myself through um, Brentford's game against Preston. That's who they were playing, and. That's it. Uh, yeah, because they scored in like the first five minutes, didn't they, Brentford? Yeah, Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I watched the rest of that game, and I just—it was—it was hard to watch, like, because it, it's weird. You're just hoping for the, for a team to score, and you don't actually—you know—you don't. You know, I'm not covering that team. I'm not supporting that team. You know, I've and I was watching it on my phone. I was just trying to, on Twitter. I was literally just refreshing. Refreshing, refreshing, and it was like ninety plus two, ninety plus three, and then I think someone tweeted like a fingertip worldy save yeah. from the Stoke goalkeeper. Adam Davis made an absolutely huge save. And I'm not gonna lie to you, when the full time tweet came up from Stoke, I was like, "Oh, I tell you what, what a let off that is." <laughs> um, it's horrible following it because you don't ever get a reprieve. So when you're watching it, you can see when. Like you've got a free kick, or what. say if Stoke have got a free kick 25 yards out, mm. at least you can sort of relax for 25 seconds while they're waiting to take the free kick, and you think, oh wow, Brentford aren't going to score it. But when you're on your phone, you just basically any tweet could be a goal, can't it? Yeah, yeah you haven't yeah, got a clue yeah. what's going on in the game, and anything, any second it can be, and it's just exhausting. Um, 
so yeah, I had to watch it. I mean, Bilic had to watch it as well. Um, and I mean, I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, the highs and lows of football. I mean, how many hours were there between those two games? I mean, it wasn't 24, was it? It was just... No, not quite. Um, absolutely mental from the sheer, like, devastation at Huddersfield to the sheer joy of... Lee Gregory tapping in from six yards. It was just <laughs> absolutely mental. Is that the Albion goal of the season, by the way? Ah, nah, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they go up on Wednesday. We are forgetting how great Albion have been all season. We are. I think everyone is forgetting that. Um, and, that's, and that's another point Bilic wanted to make today. Um, they have been sensational. They, they've wobbled near the end. There's no doubt about it. And Huddersfield was dreadful. But let's be honest... For 44 games, by and large, they've been absolutely outstanding. Um, mm. And let's just reiterate the point that Brentford won eight games in a row and still didn't overhaul them. Yeah. Still they didn't overhaul them. They won eight in a row and still didn't overhaul them. Never, never have Albion dropped to third um, as good as Brentford has been. So I think that just tells you how good Albion have been all season. Fair play to Brentford. Fantastic, unbelievable achievement winning eight in a row. Um but as good as they were, Albion was still ahead of them. Um, and I just don't think that should be forgotten. How big a blow is that to Brentford, by the way? If you, if you mean, if you swap shoes for a minute, you've won, you've won eight on the bounce and you've, you've been finally given an opportunity to, to, to overhaul Albion. I mean, they've got one more game left, but like, I mean, how big a blow is that? I don't think it is. I, I, look, it is a blow, of course it is, and they would have been devastated walking off the pitch, but... They go. I think they go into Wednesday without any pressure again. Mm. Um, and look, it's, pressure's the issue, isn't it? Pressure is, I mean, it seems to be the issue. I'll be honest with you. For the last four or five weeks, people have been rocking up to Slavon Bilic's press conferences, mainly national newspapers, and they keep asking him about pressure, 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 pressure. And I've been out rolling my eyes. I've been like, oh, for God's sake, can someone stop asking about pressure? Ask him something like, why do you all just turn up and ask him about pressure? And I thought everyone was going overboard. Um, but, I mean, I get it now, I think. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, the pressure is... The pr- it, it is all about coping with pressure now. There's, there's no, no one in their right mind would swap Huddersfield's squad for Albion's. No one would... Every, there's very few players in that Huddersfield team that would get into Albion's starting eleven. That, and... The same goes for QPR, really. They've got a couple, you have to say. They've got a couple of really good players, mm. um, QPR. But Albin's eleven is going to be significantly stronger on Wednesday night. Um, but it, it's how they perform. It's going to be how they perform. Um, it's going to be coping with it again. And it's obviously, as Billich just pointed out today, it's obviously very, very hard. But I think the one thing he said today, which was the, the big thing I wanted to hear, was he said... We just don't want to feel like we did on Friday. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's the key thing for me. That's the real key thing. Do you know what? Albion might batter QPR on Wednesday night. They might put... Charlie Austin might have three one-on-ones and hit the inside of the post three times. And Mateus Pereira might dance into the box and, and smash the crossbar. And I can't even remember who QPR's keeper is. But he might have an absolute worldie. And they might draw the game nil-nil. But it wouldn't, 
it wouldn't they've got at least had a given every at least they would have showcased their ability and mm. been the Albion that they actually are whereas they just weren't that at Huddersfield they were they they were a shadow of themselves and if they give their absolute best and if they play really well that's all you can ask really football's a funny old game anything can happen we know that um but all you all you can really ask at this moment in time is just to for them to express themselves for them to show their talent for them to show how good they are and if they do that which they didn't do at Huddersfield then they've got obviously got a wonderful chance at winning the game if they do that they will obviously win a lot more games than they lose um, so that's the challenge for them now and they must have I mean I was sick to my stomach coming away they must have been so disappointed in themselves to play like that in the game 45 do you know what I mean game 45 to play like that um, they, they, they will learn from it and they will surely surely um, just showcase their actual ability on Wednesday which is all we can ask for yeah I mean and we talked about the game afterwards in our post-match video of there's some great screen grabs, by the way, of, of both me and you head in hands. Um, it's a, I haven't seen that. Yeah, there was a couple. Um, but, I mean, let's quickly go over it. I mean, the first 35 minutes of that game, dearie me. I mean, Albion, they might, as, they might as well have still been in the dressing room. I mean, the first half hour certainly, it might be 35 minutes, I can't remember. But, yeah, it's certainly passing by. Um, Chris Willett played with a massive points pre. Fair play to him. Um and then, and then, yeah, they, I mean, they were gifted Dar Roche's goal. I mean, I said, I might as well repeat what I said on the video because I think it's a very valid point that Dar Roche, 20 or 21 years old, handful of appearances for Albion, but he's playing like a 30-year-old to 300. I mean, I think he's been, he's just a huge credit to himself. Um, mm. The way he's conducted himself ever since he's broken into the team, it's just fantastic. Um, and then, and then, and then they, that goal sprung them to life. I said it again on the video. I thought it would be a Charlie Austin moment at Sheffield Wednesday. I thought mm. it would kick them on, um, and it did. It really did. They for ten minutes or so they were very very lively. Um, Dean Garner was getting in dangerous areas, whipped in one cross that Robson Carney was inches away from getting away from, and and um, yeah, that was that. And then, and it was only today it's just dawned on me. I spoke to. Well, I, sp I spoke to, um, I wasn't going to name him, but just for a laugh, but I will, Alistair Jones, because he's, he's, basically, I stalked to the stalker of me and James Morrison, the guy that we're trying to get a restraining order for and trying to block on our phones, but he keeps finding a way to me to this, mate. The first thing he did after the full-time missile was message me. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, and he, God love him, and he, he made a really good point, you know, that's something I wasn't, I didn't think of, um, which was, I think, Billich made his subs too early then. He'd made a double change at the break. Jake Livermore coming off um, for Philip Kravinovich and Kamal Grzycki coming on for Matt Phillips. I think, I think the, the Grzycki for Phillips change was the right one. Mm. Um, but I think he should have stuck then, you know. I think it did... They just found some rhythm, hadn't they? They just found some... And it probably would have been worth giving that team 10 minutes. Mm. Um, 10 or 15 minutes after the interval to go again. Um, but Bilic made his changes. He wanted more players who could play that sort of incisive pass on the ball. He thought Kravinovic could, well, obviously Kravinovic can pick that pass really well, can pick passes really well. So he went for essentially what was a double pivot um, with Sawyers and Kravinovic in there. Um, and ultimately it didn't work, did it? They huffed and puffed Albion for that whole second half. 
but they created very, very little. Very, very little. Do you think losing Jake Livermore, I mean, because, I mean, when he came off, part of me thought, is that, has he got a niggle? Because he offers, don't get me wrong, like, a lot of people will look at Jake Livermore and say, oh, yeah, you know, he, he, he can't pick out that pass. He can't he can't necessarily do what Kravinovic does. And it's, it's fair to say that, but the leadership that he offers and that calming influence at the back, I just feel like, it's, I think it's been a couple of times where Livermore's come off and Albion have looked worse for it. I, can, I agree completely. I mean, I, would, I, I, I don't mind saying I would never sub him. I mean, everyone that listens to this podcast knows how much I love Jake Livermore. My wife takes the mick out of me for how much I love Jake Livermore. Um, I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know if he's carrying a knock or not. That isn't because the question hasn't been asked, because it has. We always ask Bilic, um, sort of about selection, about team news, about injuries and stuff. And I, he's, he's been subbed a lot mm-hmm. since the restart. And I just wonder if they're just... If he, if he has got a slight niggle or something that they're not telling us about because they want to protect him and they don't want the opposition to know. Um, but for me, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a big part of me that thinks they wouldn't concede that goal um, against Huddersfield, that second goal, if, um, mm. if Livermore's on the pitch. Um, to me, even, there's, 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 there's just, you need that, don't you? You need leadership. The game's just not about what you do on the ball. Um, mm. It's about shape. It's about structure. It can be, it's about discipline. It's about leadership. And Livermore, not even fully fit, provides it for me. Um, I mean, I mean, look, you know, I absolutely love him. But it's little things like he was subbed, but when there was the drinks break, he was straight. He got straight onto the pitch. He was he was back out on there giving instructions and stuff and. Mm. It's just little things like that. No one else does that. Do you know what I mean? Any no subs, subs just sit there. They just sit there and watch the game. But Livermore, no, he was going to use that opportunity to speak to people. And if anything, he'd spotted by sitting at the sideline, not being in the game, he was going to pass that information on. And that's just the character he is. That's just the guy he is. And he's just a leader, isn't he? He's a leader. Um, yeah. And uh, for me, you never sub him. That probably sounds a bit ridiculous. He might be playing three out of ten. Do you know what I mean? And maybe if it, that's extreme circumstance, if he is, if he is having an absolute stinker. But for me, if he's five out of ten, you play him. Not that I ever think he is, but you just got to play him for me. Because you could quite easily. I mean, and I'm 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 wary to to to, to criticise the change too much because Bilic obviously knows more about football than me and you. I mean, he's a trained coach. He's a former, you know, international level player he obviously knows his stuff and he would have done it for a reason but I think a lot of fans would have watched on and said you know you could have you could have brought on Kravinovic for say Matt Phillips then you could have Dean Garner one side Pereira on another go 4-3-3 um, and, and you know you've got the striker up front and then you and then you've got the three in midfield I think you know in re- it's easy to say in retrospect you know because you could say well you know if it's you know hindsight's twenty twenty. But every time it's, it's well, not every time, but most of the time, I think when you bring Livermore off, as I said, it, it doesn't bode well for Albion. Um, and obviously, I mean, what did you make of Matt Phillips? Because it was another. I mean, Phillips is a little bit of a lightning rod at the moment. I think for for, for fans and there there are he's got some critics recently because especially after the restart, he hasn't really done it. But it, again, it was a performance which which left a lot. You know, wanting, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. 
I think we've got to do a big chunk of this podcast. Look, if you look at, I mean, I've, I've, I've had 10 seconds to look at, the, uh, literally 10 seconds to look at the um, questions that have come in mm. um, <clears throat> from the tweet I put out. Um, but an awful, awful lot is about 4231433, which is a, is a topic we've covered a hell of a lot on this podcast. Um, but I do think we have to give it, like, talk about it a lot again today, really. Um, mm. And I think if we, if we start with a basis point about Phillips, which is if, if you're going to play 4-2-3-1, this is what we understand, is you need pace on the wings. You need that pace on the wings, which is where Cullen Robinson is falling down at the minute. Because what, what, you, what I think what Billich wants is two players who are going to hug the byline, hug the, hug the, is it the byline at the side of the pitch? I always say that, um, but I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I take that. Byline. You know what I mean, don't you? But like, yeah. I, I see the byline as like the corner line, if you like. Yeah, like the baseline but, almost. Yeah. Um, what do you see, the touchline? Touchline, is that right? Touchline? I don't know. That's weird, isn't it? Sideline. Um, sideline, let's go sideline. So he wants two players who are going to hug those sidelines, get chalk on their boots, if you like, because the reason why you have to have that width is so that there's space in the middle for Pereira. You've got those three players there, essentially, in a congested area. You need Dean Garner to go as, as fast, go one way. You need Phillips to go the other, or whoever, Grzycki to go the other. And, the re- and that will create space then for Pereira in the middle. Mm. When you put Callum Robinson in, he naturally comes inside. He's not, he's not a chalk-on-your-boot swinger. He wants to cut in and go for goal. Dean yeah. Garner's very good at going both ways, I think. Very, very good at going both ways. Um, but... Phillips and Grzycki offer that pace and that width. Um, we saw Callum Robinson in the 4-2-3-1 first game back, wasn't it, against Blues? And it was, it was so, so, so congested. I'm not saying he can't do it for any... Because I, I do think he's a wonderful player, but I think that pace out wide is absolutely integral. Mm. So I think that's why Phillips has jumped higher up the pecking order, if you like. I think that's, I think that's why he's jumped above Callum Robinson when it comes to that system. Um, I mean, what can we say other than he must be tearing it up in training because, I mean, the truth is, and I don't like saying it, and I hope he doesn't listen, but since the restart, he's had a lot of minutes and he's done absolutely nothing. Mm. There's no other way to say it. I mean, he must, he would know that. Surely, I'm sure he would admit that himself. He's just not, he's just not contributed really. Um, and I think everyone was surprised to see him back in the team. If you think Matt Phillips, the first 20 games this season, he was fantastic. He was mm. absolutely fantastic. Um, but he just hasn't been the same player since. Um, and I think that's why. I think Grzycki has got a bit of like cult status already with Albion fans, I think. And... and they, they want him in the team and stuff, and understandably over Phillips, I think you'd have to say. But I, I, I didn't think he was great um, in the first half against Fulham. Um, he's a hit and miss player for me. Um, it's his end product, isn't it? I think, which is you know, there's a big question mark over. I mean, if he had if he had end product, he'd be in the Premier League, wouldn't he? And, it, and hopefully, he will be like on Thursday, but. He could, he could, he's so dangerous with his pace, so, 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 so dangerous. But his end product is very, is questionable. Um, and I think this, the big issue surrounding that 
Bilic's tactics is why is this preference? Why his preference is four two three? I think we can say his favoured formation is four two three one, and mm. the reason why it's his favoured formation is because he believes when you've got, say, Diangana, Pereira, Phillips slash Grzycki, you should be able to blow teams away. There's so much talent in those three, and they're all players that would walk into the opposition's team. It's such an attacking team and it's got so much quality in it that if those three perform, if those three get seven and eights out of ten, you're going to win the game, aren't you? Mm. Um, and that's why Philip and Phillips is in for that pace because you need width. You've got to stretch teams because if Matt Phillips is cutting in or if the winger on the right is cutting in and the winger on the left is cutting in and they're joining Mateus Pereira in the middle, it's just all going to get congested and clustered and the, none of them are going to have anywhere to go. So if he's going to play 4-2-3-1, which he's wanted to a lot of times, that pace is essential. Mm. And it's why Cullen Robinson has missed out and it's why Filip Kravinovic has missed out as well. Makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's hard because I feel like, I feel like we're with this podcast, we may, be, we may be focusing on some negatives when we really should be trying to be as positive as we can because, I mean, let's face it, Albion have one game here to, to, to seal automatic promotion. Uh, if, you'd off, if you'd offered any Albion fan that at the start of the season, they'd have taken it. Um, and QPR, I mean, let's quickly look at QPR before we go on to questions. Should be a side which, which really do probably suit Albion because they're not a side that, like Huddersfield Town did at, at times, Drop really deep, you know. Set up a low block and, and look to catch you on a, you know, with set pieces um, and that kind of thing. They're a side that will go out and play and defensively aren't exactly the most sound, are they? No, they're. I mean, they were very, very open um, in the last outing, which I've forgotten who was it, who was it against. Millwall, um, four three they won. Um, it's weird on this because. I'm very like I'm very very um, about the opposition. There's a lot of managers who say we've just got to focus on ourselves, just got to concentrate on ourselves. If we play our game, we'll win. Um, and I always think that's a bit like naive, really. I think you should not. I think you should. I think your focus should be yourself, and you should like you should always try and impose your game. But I always think you need to be wary of the opposition and and sort of counteract their main threats and stuff and but th- I don't think that's the case on Wednesday I really really don't um they've got good players QPR mm. um like easy is obviously a very good player chair's a good player I really like Ryan Manning the full back um but you know what like Albin have just got to look after themselves for this one they've just got to go out and express themselves and do and do their thing. That is all they've got to do. Because if they do that, that is how they're going to win the game. Because with the greatest respect, I know Bilic doesn't like it when you say teams have got nothing to play for. Um, and in a way, it, it can be an advantage because there is absolutely no pressure on them. Um, but they haven't got anything to play for. So, some of them have got moves lined up already by sounds of it. I mean, Easy's being linked with everyone going in the Premier League. I'd, I'd expect Manning to get a move as well. I'd expect Manning to get a move. Um, uh, Bright looks like he's off. Yeah, who's an Albion target. Um, who knows where he's going to end up. Obviously, a bit accepted from Club Bruges. 
but whether he ends up there yet or not, I'm sure he's going to have other offers. So, they're, look, they're, those, they've got a couple of players there heading to the Premier League, let's be honest, QPR. they got real dangerous threats. I like Mark Warburton. Mm. Uh, I think he's a really good manager. Um, but this is all about Albion now. This is all about Albion showing some courage, expressing themselves, believing in themselves, showcasing their ability. And because they're going to want it more than QPR. There's no doubt about that. Albion have got mm. everything to gain and absolutely everything to lose. Whereas QPR have got very, very little to gain and absolutely nothing to lose. So they're going to be fired up. They're going to give everything. They gave everything against Huddersfield. It's not for one minute that they didn't. Um, they're going to give everything, but they've just got to, they've just got to do it. It's as simple as that, but it sounds so simple and so easy, but that is, that is the only thing that matters now, is Albion performing to their potential. Because if they do, and I believe they will, but if they do, they'll win the game or come damn, 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 damn close to winning it. Mm. It's funny, because I still think there's so much to at play with QPR as well, when you think about it. Um, I was doing my class, my, my regular inside track, uh, and one of the, one of the QPR folks that I spoke to, uh, his name's Clive Whittingham, I think, uh, said that if if Albion were to go up, it's likely that QPR will have some sort of deal in place with them over Darnell Furlong, where they get a bit more cash, maybe. Well, they will have, yeah, I'm sure that those agreements are basically in every deal, so they will get more money for, yeah. Plus. If Albion win, it keeps basically a, a you know a local rival in either Fulham or Brentford out of the automatic promotion spots. Does anyone actually <laughs> care about that though? I mean, will the players care? I'm not too sure, but the fans might. I mean, they're not playing for a whole lot. Would dis- they rather be the side that stops Albion going up or the side that lets Brentford or Fulham go up? I've said this on the podcast before, but I think it's a it's a, it's a valid point again because it is genuine insight that I wouldn't have known if I didn't have the conversation I had. But I spoke to a player, it was, it was when I covered Walsall, about what does it mean when they say you're on the beach or when you've got nothing to play for and this, that and the other. And what, what, what do you mean by that? And he said, like, we are human beings. So imagine it's, an, it's, a, it's a normal last game of the season, right? Now, they're footballers. The vast majority of them have got girlfriends who haven't been able to see their fellas really on a Saturday. They haven't been able mm. to go on holiday with them but for nine months because it's been the season. And he was like, on the final game of the season, your missus says to you as you're leaving the house, don't you break your leg today because we got two weeks booked wherever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the player's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I won't, like, I won't break it. I don't be, like, don't, you better not be in a cast for that holiday or you better not be like, stop us going on that holiday and that's one element of it look that isn't in that isn't in going to happen now because I don't think anyone's going on holiday are they but uh, some of the European countries are open mate um, so they might get a, hol- like a break some of these players and I think I think the thing is like, look, I, look this could come back and bite me really easily for like someone like Easy for example but let's say Easy's got a 20 million move to he knows that he's leaving Wednesday's going to be his last game for QPR you'd, yeah you'd highly imagine you'd highly imagine that would be the case they won, they won on the other night against Millwall. It's not, it's not at home, do you know what I mean? He's not got QPR's fans roaring him on. He's in an empty stadium and 
Does he? If Jake Livermore's charging into him, does he? Does he want to go in flat fifty-fifty? Oh no! You are pulling out of that challenge uh, super quick. You think that there's got to be a chance that they will? That, that some of those fifty-fifties will be? They'll just? They will give up on, won't they? Oh yeah. Um, because easy could be on. I mean, God, let's say he's on. I mean, this is all. I'm, I'm making these figures up, but let's say he's on six grand a week. He's probably going to get forty in the pram. Oh yeah. Um, so he doesn't want to do a Nathan Ferguson and miss out on absolutely shed loads of money every week. So you just wonder little things like that. That's what it means when people say you're on the beach and nothing to play for. Um, it's a it's it's a fact. That it's worth talking about. Um, and it's and it's another sort of string in Albion's bow. But if we get back to Billich, because that's the that's the most most important thing to come out today is this press of Billich. It was the messages he wanted to get across were. But they've learned the lesson basically that, that they don't want to feel like they did again on Friday. That they're at home, like they're at home. They're mm. in, he said they're now in the best possible. He said forget that Albion now are in a better position today than they were before Fulham, and they were before Huddersfield. They are ninety minutes away. Ninety minutes away. They're one win away, and he said we're at home. We're on our own turf. We've learned our lessons from the other night. We don't want to feel that way again. Um, and the story I'm putting out tomorrow morning. Oh, carrot! Um, well, it's by it's quarter to seven now. Um, <laughs> True. But um, he, and I think it's a very, very valid point, and it's kind of repeating what I said earlier. But he said, "Do you know what?" He said, "We deserve this second chance. We deserve it because mm. we have been there the whole time. We have been in that top two all season." So we deserve this. We deserve that reprieve because we have coped with the pressure all the way along. Brentford had it for one game and they've lost. Albion deserved this shot. Um, and I think that will, that mentality, that attitude, I think that helps them get over the line. I really do. They, and they, he's right, you know. They do deserve it. It's a 46-game season. There's no fluke Albion in second spot. Like They deserve to be in second spot after 45 games. It's been an unprecedented season. It's gone on forever. They've had to deal with so much. Um, and then I've, he's right. They do deserve a second crack. Okay. They ballsed up against Huddersfield. They did. They were poor. But now they've got a huge opportunity to put it right. Um, and we just pray they do. <laughs> just pray they do. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I can't help but agree, to be honest, because like you said, they have been up there, uh, and like Billich said that. I mean, it's it's a very weird kind of shift from 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 Albion because I think everyone, fans, players, even Billich himself, I mean, probably thought after that Huddersfield game, and you could tell by Billich's post-match press conference what he said, they were fully expecting playoffs, weren't they? Yeah, I think I don't. It's really hard. I mean, I could I could talk about this for about I could do a podcast on this, but I don't even know if I'll explain myself very well. But so we did the presser by Zoom on obviously after Huddersfield game, and I asked Billich about four, three or four questions, and the press conference was going to end there. That was all it was going to be. He was he was devastated. We were all devastated. Asked the questions that needed to be asked. Summary of the game. Why did you make your half-time subs? How did you pick them up from here? 
And then a chap from The Sun asked, I, can't, I don't know how he phrased it really, but like he said, he, he asked, are you expect, he basically said, are you expecting Brentford to, um, can Stoke, are you expecting Stoke to do you a favour tomorrow? Mm. And Billich, having, whenever, whenever I asked him a question, he sort of answered with like a minute response. Do you know what I mean? He gave me a thorough answer. Yeah. And when this guy from the Sun asked the question, Billich just said, no, um, I'm not expecting Stokes to do us any favours. We're preparing for QPR and the playoffs, is what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got to be honest, I, this, is, this is where, I mean, this, I'm, I'm not trying to make this about me, but when you're a Walsall reporter, I'm the only one there. So yeah. I've sort of got the privilege of doing what the hell I like with the quotes. Yeah. I'm the only one that's going to write the story and I can write it how I deem fit. Whereas when you cover Albion, obviously there's a lot of people there, there's a lot of nationals there. The quotes, once you type them up, they're fair game. You can, anyone can construct them in any which way, shape or form they wish. And it was... I wasn't comfortable going with a line, Bilic, we're going to be ready for the playoffs. I've got to be honest, I wasn't. Because I don't know if he really believe, I don't know if he really meant it like that. He just sort of said it. He said, "We'll be ready for QPR in the playoffs." And it could have been. You got to remember, he is Croatian. Like it's not his first. It's not language. his first language. I mean, his, ang- his language is absolutely fantastic. But you got to cut some pe- people a little bit of slack. And I, I wasn't entirely convinced. He was. He was. He was very deflated. But I wasn't entirely convinced. He was saying right we're ready for the playoffs. But I knew the stories that were going to come out. I knew the way that the Nationals were going to write it. And I knew that that was the line, really. From the, from, mm. from the physical quotes on a, on a piece of paper, in just black and white, that was the line. Um, so I did the story, vowed... Like, I tried to play it down a bit, really. I said Slavon Bilic vowed that Albion will be ready for QPR and ready for the playoffs if needs be. Um, he was deflated. Um, and that is what the words said, but I, I, it, honestly, it pained me to write that story because I wasn't 100% convinced that's what he meant. And today, he, he said the complete opposite, you know. Um, he said we were always... He said it was, he made the point that it was always going to go down to QPR, no matter what happened, no matter what Brentford did. Um, there was, they were always going to have another shot at automatic. And he... Um, made the point again that obviously Brentford crumbled just when it mattered. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know if Billich has changed his attitude or if I was right in the first place to be a bit hesitant to use the quotes the way I eventually did. I did use them that way. Um, but, yeah, his words were a bit su- surprising at full time. There's no doubt about mm. it. His words were surprising. Um, and uh, But, thankfully, he was very different today. Um <laughs> Which was obviously is going to be time and times a healer and stuff, but yeah, he was he was very different. A lot more, well, what you'd expect really is a, a lot more boisterous, a lot more upbeat, a lot more sort of can't think what the word is, but like commanding and sort of positive and aggressive, aggressively confident almost. Like it was, it was, it was, it was good to see. It's easy to forget as well that you were being interviewed after. A ninety-minute game, 
in which, I mean, Bilic basically kicks every ball and you can see him on the sideline walking up and down in his in his in his technical area like he he's not a manager who sits there and lets lets the game unfold in front of him at all he's he's one who if he could still play he would be out there i'm sure um and you know a lot of emotion goes into them games you know you're there for 90 minutes i mean as a fan the amount of times i've approached a fan after a game and asked asked for their thoughts and you know you've you've been unceremoniously told no and I understand it completely at times because, you know, a lot of emotion goes into games when you're a supporter of a football club. And I'm sure it's it's twofold even more if you're, if you're you know, one of the people who, who manages the team or, or, you know, coaches the side and works all week. You know, it's an emotive time and it can take a lot out of you. So, like, speaking post-match at times, yes, it's fresh in your head and fresh in your mind. But at the same time, you you still got that emotion about you. So you can always say something which you don't always necessarily mean I mean you can understand why Bilic was down you only need to see the look of the, the players after that game I mean there's, there's pictures of Charlie Austin head in his hands yeah um, yeah it's an emotive game and it can you know how you react immediately afterwards isn't necessarily the truth is it yeah and I think that Bilic is, is an emotional man um, he's, he's more emotional than a lot of managers I got like that that has to be said but that's what makes him, in many ways, the great manager that he is. I mean, we've seen the pictures. You've seen, I don't, but people, I'm sure people have seen them. Where he's like, he's almost like bear hugging how Robson Carney before he comes on, and hmm. he gives his subs. He gives them like great big hugs and stuff when they come off, and let his players love him. They love him, <laughs> like they love him, um, and they love him because he's a, a real human guy who you can bond with and talk to, and you can connect with, and. That's just so. It's, it's, he is. He's very so. He's such a unique guy. Um, he really is. Um, and also, you got to remember, like, he after when he gets to when he gets to me. I mean, look. I mean, I'm, I'm just waxing lyrical about Bilic because he's he, he is always a gentleman, always so polite. But after, for example, that press I'm talking about at Huddersfield, um, he had already done Sky TV. He'd already done an interview with Sky TV. He'd already mm. done, I think, Talk Sport. He then did Club Media. He then did BBC WM. And best, we're all asking the same questions. You know what I mean? We're all, we're all asking exactly the same thing, really. There's, there's very little variant between them all. He's asked, and then, and then, would you believe he came up to do the Zoom presser with me, and he had to wait about ten minutes because Danny Cowley did a forty-five. Well, I'm probably I'm, I'm exaggerating with forty-five minutes, but he did one of the longest post-match interviews I've ever seen, without a shadow of a doubt, the longest Zoom post-match press conference I've ever seen. Um, basically, talking about his long-term aims for Huddersfield Town. <laughs> oh, that's that's gone well. That aged well, didn't it? Um, I can, and Bilic had to bear in mind Bilic had already done all that media when he got to. the Cowley he was still going for ages. He was going on for ages. Um, I can tell you that Cowley did not see that sack come in. Um, and so he, he just watched his team do what they did. He's just answered a million questions. He stood outside a room waiting for Danny Cowley to shut up. And believe me, God, he needed to shut up. He was going <laughs> on and on and on and on. A lot of that was down to the reporter who just wouldn't stop asking him questions. It just wasn't the time to ask him. Um, and yeah, that's he was. Yeah, he said he said what he said about the playoffs. But, but from what he said today, he always believed 
He always believed that Stoke could do him a favour and he always believed, really, and, and he's right to point out that it was always going to go down to today. Well, at least the Huddersfield Town Report has got some really usable quotes now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I, was, I was sat there thinking, I was thinking actually, do you know what I was thinking? Oh, like, this, is, this is damn annoying. But if I was him, I'd be thinking, God, I've got stories for about 10 days here. This is brilliant. Um, <laughs> and then they've all gone. <laughs> I suppose you could do, you could pull out the old, um, uh, what was Danny Cowley's you know, future for Huddersfield Town before, before the X. Um, shall we get on to some questions from the listeners? Yes. Oh, God, 44 minutes in already. Yep, and we've got loads of questions. Okay. The first one comes from Ronnie. Uh, How can we be any different with our approach on Wednesday from the last few games where we have bottled it knowing what we had to do? So they didn't bottle it against Fulham. Fulham, it was a decent performance, I thought. I thought they were a better team. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Ugly should have won it with that Dean Garner chance. Played, I mean, I thought that game was brilliant. Um... I thought it was a brilliant game of football. I mean, all right, it was nil-nil, but I thought we saw two very good... I thought it was tense. For it, was a ch- it was like a chess game. It was like a it? chess game. I thought it, at any minute you, didn't, you felt like someone could score. Uh, I thought it was tactical. I thought it was a battle. I thought there was quality out there. And I thought both teams quitted themselves well, really. Um, Huddersfield, they bottled it. They crumbled to use Slavin Bilic's um, uh, term. And... Uh, it sounds so simple, but they've just got to make sure they don't do it again. They, I think they all know they've been given a huge let off. Um, I think it'll give them a massive boost, you know. I think it'll give them a massive boost, and I, and I think, I think what Billich said today, they, those players will feel they deserve it as well. They don't, they don't deserve to be caught. They don't deserve to be caught, and they deserve to go up. They deserve to go up. It's it's a shame because we've been waxing lyrical about Albion all season and. They've been blowing teams away all season. It's just now, at the final hurdle, where we're getting to a stage where, of course, we'll celebrate going up, but it's going to be a massive relief as well. And it's never been at that stage, really. It's never been uh, to be a relief. It's always had to have been, like, we're West Brom, we're better than you. Mm. Um, and that stands. They are West Brom, and they are better than you. So basically, <laughs> any team in the league, with the exception of Leeds, who have won it, and look, Brentford are very good, very, very good. Um, but who knows what's going to happen? Who gets second? Who gets third? Who gets fourth? Where Albion and Brentford and Fulham will finish? But to me, hands down, the best three teams in the league are Albion, Fulham, and Albion. Sorry, Albion, Brentford, and Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> I hope all three of them go up. I just hope it. Albion go up automatically. Oh yeah, we don't need the. Oh, stress I can't. Of the I can't be doing with the playoffs, mate. Not now. Uh, Theo, when when it's done, can you timestamp the parts where you take the mick out of Villa? I'm not sure I'll be able to listen without, to anything Albion related. Um, we actually haven't taken the mick out of Villa. No, I'm, in my, I'm, I'm too I'm too grateful to you at the minute for just massively changing your schedule around all the time to fit in with me. I, I think you're lying. I think I think you're thinking that Villa might stay up. No, I'm not thinking that, mate. I can. Go I mean, and... I tell you what, the way things have transpired, they could. I don't know how to tell you that they couldn't, but. Bournemouth lost to Southampton. <laughs> Norwich are already down. Villa have to play Arsenal, who are now in an FA Cup final. You're telling me any of them players are going to want to risk an injury when they're not not a chance of finishing in Europe via the league. All right, let's see. But I wouldn't get your hopes up. You think Aubameyang's going to? You think Aubameyang's going to dive into a fifty-fifty with Tyrone Mings, England centre back Tyrone Mings? 
I don't think he's gonna. Uh, I tell you what could kill Villa though that that draw with Everton. I tell you what could kill them. In fact, they always concede and very rarely score. We're done, me and you. <laughs> well, it's true. After this season, it? we're done. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's the big issue. Where you ship goals, you don't you don't score them. Like, oh, they're better. They're better after the break. I'm telling you, they're better. They've done a table after since the restart, haven't they? And you only just start the relegation zone. But we're out of the relegation zone. Yeah, but only We've had just. a tough, tough set of games, mate. Only just, and you're still banging on about how much better you are. Could come down to West Ham last day. Yeah, that'd be a good game, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, local baggies fan. Have you asked Billich about playing Robinson as striker, seeing that he has played there before, and that we seem to have an issue with the mobility of our strikers up front? Don't you think he could be the solution? So, last game of the season. That's the issue, isn't it? I think the, the truth is we haven't asked about it for a long time and probably should have. Um, it's a God's honest truth. He has, we, have been asked, we have asked a few weeks ago um, whether Robinson could go up top. Um, and I think, the, yeah, the consensus was it's just too late to experiment. I think if it was me, if it was 10 games to go, I'd chance my army Robinson up there. I just think it's too. I, there's still a part of me is tempted. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's still a part of me is tempted. Um, let, let me give you a scenario. Okay. It's it's nil nil. Ten minutes to go. Charlie Austin started the game, but has gone off on sixty minutes. And let's just say how 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 Robson Connie's not doing the business up there. What, but you brought you brought Robson Carney on for Austin already? Yeah. What, you sub in the sub? Do you do it? Well, I think you do anything at this stage, don't you? Do anything to win the game. Every, any footballer, professional football would have to accept. That was the case. I mean, the question you're really asking is, do you bring Robinson on for Austin? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I mean, it's harsh on how Robson Carney because he's been brilliant this season. He, he hasn't... Look quite. He's been a bit hit and miss after the. He's been hit and miss. Like, I completely agree. Maybe you do. Yeah. Maybe you do. We, the, the problem we got is we are literally talking about something we've never seen. No one. Maybe Preston fans have seen him up front. But but I sat down with Kyler Robinson and said we're a bit unsure where your best position is. Where is your best position? And he said on the left wing. So he sees himself as a left winger. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I think. I mean, I'd I would start him against QPR. I'd start Callum Robinson, but I'd play four three three. Start him on the left. And he'd be on the left for me, yeah. So you got Dean Garner on the bench. Yeah. I am. McCormick, do you think it's a generation thing with the overdramatic response from Friday's game? Many turning on the team when there were numerous chances to recover and get promoted. We hadn't even lost second spot. What happened to all the, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all? I mean, I love that attitude and I completely agree with them. Um, I really, really do. Like, it pains me to criticise players like Matt Phillips on this podcast. I don't like doing it. Um, I agree with that. It's just a world we live in. It's definitely a generational thing. It's this instant um, 
nothing is analysed anymore, is it, over a, length, a lengthy period of time. Everything's like... There's an immediate reaction to everything. There's an immediate reaction to everything. And those reactions are so strong. So forget Swansea at home. Forget QPR away. Forget Bristol City away. Forget Millwall away. Now being a rubbish, because they were rubbish against Huddersfield. Um, and they're just not, are they? They're brilliant. Remember that Swansea mm. game? Remember how Mateus Pereira absolutely tore them apart? Remember how good they were at Bristol City? It was like, embarrassingly good. Um, remember how good they were at Millwall? Like, it's not... They're a great side. They're second on the table. They've been brilliant all year. They really have. They've struggled to cope with the pressure when it's got to the final line. There's no doubt about that. They have. The mentality, there is a question mark over at this moment in time. But, come on. Like, for 45 games, 44 games, they've not had many stinkers, have they? I can't think, I can't, off the top of my head, I genuinely can't think of when we've come away going, they were, oh, Cardiff away. They weren't great. Borough at home, Stoke at home. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but even then it was like, you had, to, you had to give real credit to the opposition. Yeah. Like Stoke did a job on them. Charlton did a job on them. But they, they panicked, didn't they, against Huddersfield? They, they, I feel like they let themselves down against Huddersfield. But yeah. I don't feel like they've really let themselves down before. Um. Mm. So yeah, it's just in the, it's but it's just a very it's, a, it's football. It's very emotional anyway, isn't it? And then throw in Twitter, and everyone. A lot of people love to say things via a keyboard that they'd never be willing to say in person. And it just yeah, but I mean I I mean I gotta say I think Albion fans are great. Like there's been a lot of rubbish written, a lot of stuff I don't agree with, but I think. There's a lot more. Most clubs are worse. Mm. Most clubs are worse. Especially a couple just not too far away. Not mention any names, but Jesus. <laughs> uh, Sanil Patel. Would you agree that Dean Garner has been trying too hard since the restart? Too many tricks and flicks and trying to beat four or five men. Would you agree Grzycki should start again at, at QPR instead? You said you'd have Callum Robinson. I would have Grzycki starting. That's, and that's fair, and I can understand why I can understand why people would go Grzycki. Uh, I feel like I hammer Grzycki on this podcast, and I don't. I genuinely admire him as a footballer. Um, I just my worry with Grzycki, he can all. Grzycki's always got the tools to be very, very, very effective. Um, I just worry he's not always very effective. Um, so I can look. Just because I like Callum Robinson, I can understand why people go Grzycki. I really can. I, I get it. I would have no problems if Grzycki started. Um, a QPR against QPR. Completely understand that. Dean Garner, yeah. I, is overplay? Maybe. I'd, you watch him and you just think, wow. But I don't know. I, I, there's a, I just, I, there's just a feeling with him at the moment. I don't, I don't, I don't see him scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he is trying too hard. Um, uh, oh, can I just make one more point actually on the um, on the question before about nice overreaction to things yeah go on I want to just defend Romain Sawyers um, because I think if um, look there's a, there can be a fairy tale ending on Wednesday and the fairy tale ending would be Albion win the, a 3-0 up 
Chris Brunt comes on, smashes in a free kick or a penalty or whatever, just a, an, a, a goal, um, scores, and Chris Brunt sails promotion. And they'd be, that, that would, in my mind, that classifies as a fairy tale. That would be mm. magical. I think there's another fairy tale that can happen on Wednesday, and I think that is Romain Sawyer's scoring almost at any point. It's not quite as significant as Chris Brunt. I know it isn't. Chris Brunt is the, is the... If we could choose one of them, we're choosing the Brunt fairy tale over the Sawyer's fairy tale. But Romain Sawyer is a lad who is desperate to play for West Bromwich Albion. Absolutely desperate. We know the story. We know he got released. We know he's had to come back. We know he's done it the hard way. We know how proud he is to be there. We, we know he... he he loves the club. He loves the team. And I, I've got to be honest, I think he's feeling it. I think he's feeling it. He's such an integral part of the team. He's the pivot, if you like. Basically, if Albion are going to play from the back, it's simply give the ball to Sawyers from the back four and then let Sawyers play that first incisive pass. There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders and I think it means the absolute world to him. I think it means the absolute world to him to get Albion over the line. And I think he has probably struggled to cope with that a little bit, hence why his form has dipped. Um, but do you know what? Like, he's just... To Albion, any Albion fan criticising him, do you know what? He's one of you. He is one of you. And he is... We will do everything to get Albion up. Absolutely everything. So do you know what? If I was in that centre midfield, I'd crumble. I wouldn't have the mindset to do it. There's a lot of, like, that's probably the vast majority of people listening to this podcast will crumble. We're not professional footballers at the end of the day. And I just think, like, he needs a bit of, like, just a bit more encouragement because, one, he's fantastic. Two, he's massive to this team. And three, he's so desperate to do it. So desperate to do it. So when he gets criticism, that, it does, I've got to be honest, that, that does bother me. And I don't think there's a lot of thought behind it. Um, because he he's a he is a baggy. Mm. Paddy is a a chance we'll go back in for Orsic if we go up. Presumably he's on one of the shortlists. Ah, oh, mate, I don't know. I got to be honest, I don't know. Um, I tell you what, he would offer pace on the wing. Well, he would, but I mean, have you ever seen him actually play, Luke? Uh yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some footage of him. Is it on FIFA? No. <laughs> oh, I just know you love FIFA. He's bloody good on FIFA. Um. So, but I've seen some, like, to be fair, their highlight packages. I've never actually sat down and watched who's it. Dinner, is it Zagreb he plays for? Yeah. I've never sat down and watched a Dynamo Zagreb game. I mean, and that's the point, really. Everyone's a superstar on YouTube. If you put, if you, I mean, if you put clips together, I mean. I'd have a great highlight package on YouTube. You know, I mean, I, I've got a friend, he's called Daniel Briggs, who used to be the Walsall press officer, who works at um, Hull City now. And then, oh, hole, by the way. And Walsall had a player, he plays for Charlton now, called Aaron Oztuma. Baller. And he's called the Turkish Messi, right? That's his nickname. <laughs> and, and, I mean, he, he's a wonderful footballer, especially at League One level. He did, he's done one in the championship, to be fair, for Charlton. But it, Daniel Briggs said to me, when, when Aaron Oztuma's kids sit down to watch his show reel, they will genuinely think their dad was the real Messi. Um, because he has what he's done he's done outstanding things he always he always seemed to score worldy goals he scores worldy goals he's got flicks and tricks scores from the halfway and it's true because on a, on a YouTube thing you only clip together the best bits and everyone looks fantastic um, so I've not I mean I think we've got to get through Wednesday before we even think about transfer targets for next season to be honest I don't want I don't mm. want to I really don't want to like sort of knock the question 
Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, I, I can't think about all six at this moment in time. I'm really sorry. Bryn Reese, uh, this is a really important question. This one. Uh, are you having dinner before, after, or during this late recording? And most importantly, what are you having? I don't know what I'm having. Um, my wife came in, my little girl and little boy have been to that. My wife's from my dad's today. Um, well, they went from like 12 when I started work. And my wife brought them back about six, half five-ish. And she was just doing my little girl some dinner. And then she said she'd do us some dinner after. Um, Oh, so it's a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. I don't know. I don't know what I was saying because I didn't ask rather than a surprise. But I just thought, oh, cool, thanks for doing that. Um, I, I think I'm having pie and mash. Nice. As good as the yeah. pie that I bought you? No, no, it's not. You loved that pie, didn't you? Oh, that pie was superb. Buzzing for I'll that. give you that. What was it again? It Was Was it turkey, ham and leek? Turkey, ham and leek, that was it. Oh, I'll tell you what, the effort you went through to get me that pie as well. If I didn't go up, I'm going to buy you another one of those pies. Oh, mate. I feel like I've got to buy you something now. Just be a thank you. And no, just, no, no, you don't have to. Just, you just have to change your profile picture, mate, to like you and that You don't want one. another hat? Um, no, no, I just want, I just like you having your pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'd appreciate that. You probably, um, to be fair, I always do lose hats. So, if you, if you, should we just hold it for next winter? When, yeah, when you're back yeah, again, yeah. yeah, you can buy me a hat when I turn up and you've got one on. And I'm like, oh, mate, I need a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quality. Okay. Uh, AJ, with Bojo saying that fans could be back in stadiums by October, hopefully. How do you see it panning out? That's a, okay, it took me a second to figure out who Bojo was then. Uh, yeah, I, I intentionally said Bojo as well. I was like, no, I'm, I'm getting that in there. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I've seen this today. I, Oh, was it yesterday? I can't remember. Every day's merging into one at the minute. Um, oh, I really, really, really hope it's true. Really, really, really hope it's true. I think it's got to happen um, primarily for like lower league clubs because they're absolutely yeah, cause screwed, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they can't sustain themselves with our fans. Um, and we've talked about Walsall a lot on this podcast, but like Walsall don't get, Walsall get, only get 40% of fans anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, they only get, yeah. like, so basically that means they can have everyone in. Um, dot them around the ground a bit more, spread them out a little bit further, and they get our revenue back. So, hopefully, that'll really happen for lower league clubs. And then, oh god, honestly, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. Do you know what? There was at Huddersfield. There was happened at Brentford as well. Actually, there was they filled the directors box Huddersfield. Uh. So they filled it with all their directors or whatever family members. I don't know how they got away with it, but they did. Um, so. This director's box was basically full of Huddersfield people and Mark Jenkins and Luke Dowling. And I was sat on one row back behind them. Uh, I'm 100% expecting Luke Dowling and Mark Jenkins to be, to be uh, singing, singing Alvin songs all throughout. Well, they remained like professional, obviously. But the, the Huddersfield ones were going mad. And it, it was, I'll tell you what, like, it, 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 was, it was nice in a way. Like, <sighs> that there was just something. That there was just some atmosphere there. And some encouragement and some noise and stuff. It really made a difference. Like it's just because it's, it, it's a shame. I don't. I don't want this to come across as big added, but no one is going to understand what it's like to be at a game without fans unless you're at a game without fans. I don't want that to sound arrogant because I get to go. It's just crap. It's crap. Like it's just rubbish. Uh, um, so. Uh, I just can't. I just can't wait. I'd, honestly, I can't wait. If forty percent. Oh my god, it's going to be a brilliant day. It's going to be a brilliant day. 
when they get him. I can't wait. They need a vaccine, man. Just get all the fans <laughs> back in. Get a vaccine. Get a vaccine and get everyone back. Yeah. Uh, Jack Rowley, what's your ideal starting eleven for the game on Wednesday? Should the worst happen? Also, how do you rate our chances in the playoffs? And what single Albion players like to have the biggest impact on the game Wednesday? Um. Okay, so my team. So, look, my team was four three three. I've already said it in terms of and going back over old po- podcasts, old pod. You know, everyone knows I don't like four two three one. Mm. Um, I don't. So I'd play four three three. I'd play that whenever, wherever. I'd never play four two three one if I'm being honest. Um, although I was almost convinced after the derby game because they were so good in it, um, but. Yeah, so I'd go, and I've, I've got a few controversial selections as well, maybe only one that you don't know about, but I'd go Johnson and Goal, obviously. Darnell Furlong at right back. Okay. Um, Agazi, Ajay. O'Shea yeah. at left back. Not Kieran Gibbs? Uh, Gibbs isn't fit. Still? Okay. Um, yeah, put, well, there's a shock. Put that out today, he's not fit. Um, midfield three, Sawyers, Livermore, Kravinovic. Robinson on the left, Pereira on the right. And Charlie Austin up front for me. Hmm. Yeah. And which Albion player do you think would have the biggest impact on the game? I think it'll still be Pereira. I agree. Uh, he did it at Loftus Road, he can do it at the Hawthorns. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Had a, he had a field day at Loftus Road. He did have a field day at Loftus Road, you're right. Uh, not a question, says Ryan P. Glasgow. But when it comes to 9.15pm on Wednesday and I'm watching Sky Sports at home, I want to see Joe Massey run onto the pitch and join in with the celebrations with Slav and the team. Uh, would you be willing to do that, Joe? I'm not rolling it out at this stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, you're going to forward me the match report and you're going to run out, aren't you? I'd, uh, I'd, I'd happily like Miss Deadline to go. A big hug from Slav when promotion secured, um, but no, I think Bilic would much rather celebrate with his uh, coaches and, st- and players. But yeah, oh god, it's going to be mental. It's going to be mental. I'm gutted that I'm not going to be there. You know, I'm gutted you're not going to be there as well. The dream would have been you there, like get the stuff. I'll get my stuff done, written stuff done, and then me and you post match vid, then stick stick it out in the Hawthorns. Poddy till like 1am from the Hawthorns, McDonald's delivery, class. And then and then a 2am th- trip to, to Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. That's very... With, with, with all our equipment. That's very Spears Judah. And Joe Chapman and oh, Slavin Bilic. Yeah. And and, and Mozza, just, just because. <laughs> Us and Mozza are basically mates, we did a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're thick as thieves, aren't we? <laughs> I'd have been all up for that as well. Um, uh, what's happened to HRK? Simple question from Mark Hale. Uh, like we said earlier, hit and miss, hasn't he? He's been hit and miss. Mm. Um, I just think, I mean, look, we're one hour and seven minutes in. Um, you, don't, you don't want to rattle. I don't want to rattle on forever. I just think a lot of people talk about Ah, being like we need, they're gonna need loads of signing to sign the other figure when they go if they go up, blah blah blah. But I do think they've been a striker away all season, really. Um, I think 
I said before, I think if I had Dwight Gale, the title would have been theirs and it would have been all wrapped up by now. Um, and that's no disrespect to how Robson Carno or Charlie Austin. I just feel like how Robson Carno does suit Belich's system is 4 2 3 1. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's perfect for it, really. Um, but you just don't. He's, he's the best of a goal season, 10 goals. You just, he just hasn't got Austin's ruthlessness, has he? He just hasn't got Austin's composure. He's, as good as Robson Carno has been, if you want one chance, Everyone's picking Austin to have it. Um, yeah. And Austin, I think, is a fascinating case. And he's touched on this before um, in interviews. He's been very honest. Um, and I think it has been forgotten somewhat. Is he? I think Austin, would, if he played for Fulham, he'd be smashing them in. Because Fulham are completely set up to get goals for Mitrovic. Mm. And, you, and you look at it like... you got like Matt Phillips is only really played half the season, hasn't he? Like, he's, he was basically good yeah. in the first half of the season and he's been either not played or been a, a miss since. He's got seven goals this season. Per, Dean Garner, has, as a, a second half of the season, been played by injury. He's got seven goals this season. Pereira's got eight. You look at Fulham, Fulham obviously played 4 3 3 with Cavalero and Knockout either side, and you've got to say, they're as good as anything in the league, aren't they? Oh, yeah, sure. And they're like, no one would question those signings. Knockhart's got three goals this season. Last time he was in the Championship with Brighton, he got 15. Yeah. Cavalero's got six goals this season. So none, like, neither of them have scored more than Phillips, who's only played... And like, Cavalero's played 45 games, and Phillips has played half of it, essentially. And that's not... That's tactics. That is tactics. Mm. That's because Billich wants his wide players in the box. He wants some shooting, and he wants them amongst the goals. Whereas Fulham don't. They want everyone, basically, feeding the ball to Mitrovic and he'll repay you, which he has done with 32 goals. Um, and that's where Austin is really unlucky, really. He doesn't, he's, he, he's not, he doesn't suit Belich's system. Like, he doesn't. Like, mm. really, he needs to... And I think if he, had a, if he was in a team like that, where people were playing for him, he'd smash him in. Um, but I think, I think that's... But I think in this one game, you know Austin's going to handle the pressure. You know he is. Um, he will cope with it. And if they go 4 3 3 as well, like I would do, they will be a little bit more set up to get more out the centre forward. And if he gets chances, then hopefully he'll take them. Fingers crossed he does. Um, last question comes from All Things Albion 2. Do you think it's better for us that Barnsley are playing for survival? against Brentford and wouldn't take a draw yeah probably yeah I mean because um, if they were down already you'd argue that players might be trying to play for moves yeah but yeah I, th- I think I think Barnsley are the type of team where they're coming off a good result too and for them they'll look at the teams above them they'll look at Blues who aren't doing well they'll look at other teams around them and think you know what I mean, Char- Charlton have a really tough last game. They could get out of that. They could survive. The worry they just would need be to put that in a performance. They've that if with an hour played, they're still level or whatever, or even Brentford won the lap or whatever, and Barnsley would have to throw the kitchen sink at it. And then mm. you would expect players like Benrahma and Watkins and and Buemo and Tarek Fosu and to pick them off. 
Um, but I do think Barnsley are a decent side. I think, I've said before, that I think their recruitment's really good. I, I think they just buy players slightly too young. And I think they've got a lot of players who will be good at good championship players. I think they've got, I think they've got talent there. And I think they've got quality there. And I think they can cause a shock. Um, I wouldn't... They could get a result against Brentford, they could. But if I'm being honest, I'd expect Brentford to win the game. It's kind of crazy. You look at, I'm looking at the championship table now. Everything's still to play for apart from the title. Everything. Yeah, that's mental, isn't it? There are still, there's still, I mean, Swansea could still make the playoffs. Um, you look at the bottom and every, none of them teams are relegated yet. I mean, the whole basically are. But... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're, they need they need a they need a sixteen goal swing. <laughs> but I know wait. I know yeah yeah they, they need a sixteen goal swing. Hull are basically down, but I tell you what, Barnsley and Luton aren't. <laughs> yeah. Blues could still go down. I mean that's that is mental. It is mental. Absolutely crazy. Uh, right, let's do it too. Then let's just finish up on QPR, mate. I mean. It, it's it's safe to say this could be, it, it's one of the biggest games the club's seen in recent times. Um, I mean, what's your prediction of Albion Premier League on Wednesday evening? Uh, I'm going to make two predictions. Go on. Albion are going to play well and win the game. Yeah. Or Albion are going to bottle it and draw or lose. What a rubbish prediction. I'm not. I don't know anymore, mate. I, I, I don't know. I listened back to our podcast the other day. I don't really. I very often listen back, um, and I thought I was. I sounded so positive and so upbeat and so. Um, I was. I was like. I was. I was adamant they'd win at Huddersfield, and now, I genuinely. I believe the answer to your question is yes. I. I believe that they will win the game. I believe they'll play well and they'll win the game. I'm just scared, mate. I just, I just, I just didn't see Huddersfield come in. Neither did Billich, to be fair. Um, and it really, really, it really took me aback. Um, I believe they'll learn from it. I believe they'll respond and I believe they'll do it. But, oh, mate, I'm telling you now, I'm nervous. I'm really you know nervous. Do what I believe? 51 hours' time, Albion will be a Premier League team. You said that very dramatically. I've got to be dramatic. It's the last day of the season. Yeah, I know. I, I, I do agree. I do think they'll do it. I do think they'll do it. Um, Score prediction. Come on. Uh, they're irrelevant, mate. 3-0 Albion for me. <sighs> I hope so. I hope so, mate. I really hope so. I, I, I'm not lying. I genuinely believe they will do it. I, I, my heart says it does. They'll do it. My head says it does. It's just... I just, I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm still taken aback, a bit taken aback by Huddersfield. I'm still mm. surprised um, at just how bad they were um, that, that night. But I do believe I love them, I do believe they do it. I'm praying they're going to do it. I, I really am. Mate, have some faith. This is what's happening. Albion are going to be 2 0 up on the 85th minute. Chris Brunt comes on. And curls one top corner in the night, the ninety second minute. I mean, if that happens, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think you're getting carried away, mate. I never get carried away. Come on. Um, it'd be lovely, but I'll take um, a one nil win. 
off a Garzi's backside, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, that does us for another episode. Um, you can sense the nerves in Joan Massey's voice, but I tell you what, it's going to get a whole lot nervous uh, ahead of kickoff. Um, unless you've got anything, anything else to add, mate? No, no, no. Just come on, Albion, please. <laughs> come on, you Albion. You can do it. Let's... Believe in yourself. You're so much better the, than they are. Just go and be you. By the next Albion podcast, they're going to be Premier League. That's what I'm saying. They're going to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Please, dear God, let Albion be a Premier League team in 51 hours or so. But from myself, from Joe, a fond farewell for now. Thank you.